0: first president I voted for was Ronald Reagan, and I couldn't vote for him in 1980. I wasn't old enough. In 1984, I was proud to be, I think, uh, well, I think there were only four people that ended up voting for Mondale. Um, but I was proud to vote for Ronald Reagan. But I was still learning an awful lot. And back in those days, there, was, there were no teachers of what I now know. There was, there w- there was no um, balance to the news, even though we had the Fairness Doctrine. There was no balance. You, you know, balance then was like CNN and MSNBC. Oh, well, thank you for that. And I heard a guy who was sweeping the country he was a guy that he was a guy that was just doing a local radio show. And there was a another guy, his partner, that left ABC Radio. And in his contract, he had a bunch of satellite time. He had negotiated one of his contracts that, you know, for every year he gets so many hours of satellite time. Well, back then, satellites were wildly expensive. And that's what was required. If you wanted to do a national show and there weren't a lot of national shows and there certainly wasn't anything like Rush Limbaugh and Rush Limbaugh had gone into San Francisco and other places and he had been turned down. But he was in Sacramento and this guy happened to hear him and thought this guy. That's a worthy use of my satellite time. This guy could change things. I remember first hearing him with talent on loan from God from behind the golden EIB microphone and thinking this guy is crazy he doesn't care he'd say anything and I learned from him he was a teacher not radio He taught me how to find truth. He taught me to question things. He taught me why things are the way they are. And I think the most important thing he taught me and all of America was you're not alone. It's not just you. There are millions of us. The message I want to send to Rush today is, Rush learned that lesson, and it's hard because of his life and what he does and how people treat people nowadays. He lives uh, behind golden gates much of the time, and those of us who do this, we lose It's a one-way street so many times. And we can forget, and we can feel like we're alone. Rush, there are millions of us who are praying for you today. I remember doing a show and having to go to ABC Radio back in the early 90s. And I was just starting to think about doing a talk radio show, and we had to fill in for a national show. I don't remember which one. And, and Premier Radio Networks, is who syndicates Rush and now syndicates me, they said, we have a studio open in New York. And we went into the studio, and there it was, the golden microphone and the giant oil painting of Rush behind me. And they said, yeah, just do it from here. Rush hadn't been in it for probably a year. But it was awesome just to be in that room and a little humbling to be behind the microphone. Just a few weeks ago, I lost my good friend, Don Imus. Don was a childhood hero of mine. He was the, and only people in radio who really study it, which are very few people now, who really know the history of it. He was a Jack Benny or a Bob Hope. He changed radio. He, he made his mark and changed morning and comedy on radio. He's a early pioneer, really, of talk radio. He just wasn't talking about politics. He was a legend. But I think Rush Limbaugh is not only a legend, he's a pioneer. The difference is a pioneer knows they might get killed along the way knows that they might get stuck in the mountains, knows that this is risky. I'm alone, and I'm making this trek over this mountain because I believe there is something on the other side, but there's no real evidence that what you're looking for is actually there. That's Rush Limbaugh. Somebody, I was having dinner last night, and somebody at the table, we were talking about Rush, and somebody at the table said, well, God forbid if the worst happens, who will replace him? And I will tell you this, I thought of that, but in a different way when I heard this news, because what I thought was, this changes radio, this changes. There is so much pressure on these radio stations to stop doing talk radio. And one of the reasons why they continue to do it is not because of Mark Levin or Glenn Beck or Sean Hannity. It's simply because Rush Limbaugh is on that station. Without him, I don't know what happens to the rest of us on talk radio. And I sat there quietly at the table as people were banning around names and I finally said, guys, there, there is no replacement for Rush Limbaugh. There is no replacement. And I don't mean this to be humble or I mean this because it's true. And maybe you can only understand this when you get to be my age, but I remember being at the kiddies' table. Then I remember being the newly married couple. And there were several couples ahead of us. There were the grandparents and the parents and the aunts and uncles. And as I get older, I realize there are more people down towards the kiddie table and fewer towards the exit, if you will. And you find yourself sitting there as the patriarch of the family at some point, And you're like, wait, wait, how did this happen? When did this happen? And when I heard the news... I went through in my head the people that are still around, the legends, the the icons, the people who taught me, the people I watched, the people I admired, the people that made this industry, and Rush is the king of them all. Rush, I'm not only praying for you because you're a good guy, and I'm grateful for what you've done for me personally, not, on, not for my career, but as a person in America that cared. Thank you for being with us. But I'm also praying for you because I don't know what happens to our voices if you go away. Because you're the king or the mayor of Reelsville, as you said yesterday, as mayor, with none of your, your bogus ego in it that you express on the air but the real you should know if the the patriarch goes away none of us are qualified to sit in that chair Michael Knowles from uh, from his uh, podcast, Michael, uh, Michael uh, Knowles' podcast. That's with a K. I mean, I, I just point that out because we learned last week uh, from Don Lemon that all the people that are listening to us don't know how to spell Michael.
1: They don't have that spell and that geography. Ge- uh, geography, them maps
0: and stuff. Uh, how are you? I'm good.
1: Thanks. Good to, so see good you. to be here with you. Yeah, guys. yeah,
0: yeah. Congratulations on your podcast with Ted Cruz. Thank you. Yeah, you don't. You know, you don't uh, get the credit. Uh, you know <laughs> that that he is uh, he is rightfully getting. I but... think
1: he's got a bigger name than. Yeah, I Yeah, do. he does. Although he does. I, I now have the distinction of beating my own podcast with a new podcast. Yeah, that's I've heard great. With Ted Cruz, number one. That's My great. show a little below yeah, number yeah,
0: one. Yeah, yeah. So that is. That has been uh, crazy. It has been crazy. Crazy to watch.
1: This came together. You know how things happen in Washington. This came together last minute. I fly out to D.C. for four or five days, and then impeachment goes on and on and on. Adam Schiff never stops talking. So the senator and I pretty much haven't slept in about uh, two and a half weeks now. Right, right, right. But it's been a roller coaster, and now now it looks like it's all over on
0: Wednesday, but anything could happen. Yeah, now he said he was – that you guys were thinking about doing uh, maybe once a week. Yes. And just kind of going over everything. We are having
1: so much fun. And I I think it's never been done before, which is that we go to this bunker studio somewhere in D.C. The senator comes straight from the hill. It's the middle of the night. Somehow Senator Cruz does not need sleep. And then we stay up all night writing this show, filming this show. I sleep, of course, through the entire rest of the day. And he goes back to
0: the hill, does it all again. Right. So, what is the thing that you has been the most intriguing about the you know this impeachment process that you are watching it firsthand coming out of somebody a witness? what's so intriguing to me is that it's not
1: scripted. I had this vision that impeachment, all the Senate proceedings there's a script they plan it out. there's nothing new that happens. and what I learned from Senator Cruz and we had Senator Graham come through mm-hmm, the other night mm-hmm. is. There is very little coordination. <laughs> there is very, I mean, there. Are, someone will say something. Adam Schiff will make a mistake in his argument, and Senator Cruz and Senator Graham will run into the cl- cloakroom, write a new question down. That question will go up. That'll have another senator asking a question. Before you know it, there are three, four, five votes in play on whether or not to drag this out three months or whether to keep that it was, for a week. That
0: was w- what I heard on the podcast that I thought was really interesting was that it was... Elizabeth Warren that really flipped some Republican votes. That's right. The wrong way for her. That's right. Elizabeth Warren, particularly
1: when she asks these pointed questions, she, she asked Chief Justice John Roberts more or less when he stopped beating his wife. You know, yeah, The question yeah, yeah. was, when did you lose all your credibility? And that really irritated some of those moderate Republican senators mm-hmm. who realized that this had become a thoroughly partisan process mm-hmm. and was degraded even by the levels of Washington. So tell me about your, your thoughts on Iowa last I, night. I would like to break a little news on your show, Glenn. Yes, yes. I would like to declare myself the winner of the Iowa caucuses. <laughs> I have exactly as yeah. many official votes as Pete yeah. Buttigieg, yes. so yes. I, I can't wait to go into New Hampshire. You
0: know, I was listening to it last night, and they were saying I came home. I was having dinner out, and uh, I, I came back to the uh, to the apartment, and I I go in and I I um, I'm looking at uh, turn on TV. I turn it on CNN, and uh, i tur- I turn my back. And they said, and notice, here are all of the candidates, and notice all of the zeros. And I thought, wow, they are—they're actually calling all the candidates zeros. (laughs) Sums it up totally. And I was, oh, they—they don't have anything yet. I really thought they were calling them all zeros. I'm like. This is the first time CNN's ever told the truth. <laughs> Total honesty, right? And
1: you know, I have to tell you, last year in twenty six, last year, last cycle in twenty sixteen, I thought they did a much better job of stealing it from Bernie. I think yeah. they're being a little too right. transparent about so stealing it from think? Bernie. So,
0: what do you think? What do you think? Because I, you know, Ted and I were talking about it about an hour ago, and I don't believe the conspiracy theories. However, if I'm voter, if I'm a voter for Bernie. I think I do. Right, uh, of course, because they
1: really did pull a lot of strings last time, and they've been so dishonest. It's been such an opaque process. And to bungle it on this level has not occurred in modern American history. It really boggles the mind. Now they're also saying that there are inconsistencies in the vote tally. So it's not just a reporting problem, perhaps. There's maybe something else going on.
0: Tell me what do you think... um... What do you think Biden supporters are going to do when you get to Wisconsin if he doesn't win? You're Biden supporter. I think you're just referring to Hunter, right? Yeah, Everyone yeah, else is yeah. already I don't mean uh, Biden. I mean uh
1: uh Bernie. Bernie. Bernie Well, look, right now, who knows about Iowa? We're probably not going to know that now until uh, the next election cycle, crazy. but he's way up in New Hampshire. He's gaining in South Carolina, even in the the uh, Joe mm-hmm. Biden firewall. It just seems as though that support has collapsed. John Kerry is now saying Bernie is going to destroy the party. He's going to run away with it, uh, reportedly on the telephone in New Hampshire. John Kerry reportedly considering running for president again. This guy got clobbered in 2004. That would be like in, in 2012 if Bob Dole decided he was going to run for the nomination again. That's the disarray of the Democratic
0: He party. would be just as spry as he was <laughs> in 92, I think. All right, uh, back in just a second um, with uh, Michael Knowles. Also, um, coming up uh, at the top of uh, next hour, we have a special guest that I think you're really going to enjoy. Um, Stand by. This is the Glenn Beck Program, and the one and only Michael Knowles is uh, with us, joining us now. I was flying here yesterday, and there was an Asian guy, a couple of, roles, uh, couple of uh, rows behind me, wearing a mask. on the. And I thought, oh, yeah. I just wanted to say, dude, the masks clearly don't work. Everybody in China is always wearing a mask, and everybody is always sick and dying from some weird bad or bird flu. Stop it with the masks. Um, but it was it was weird because I um, rush. I think made this announcement at two forty five yesterday, uh, and by two forty eight, it was everywhere. Top trend on Twitter, everywhere.
1: It was you know I've been doing this podcast in the middle of the night with Senator Cruz, so I if I can get an hour of sleep here or yeah. there, I try to do it. I had just laid down to go to sleep. Five minutes later, my wife wakes me up because the news was that earth-shattering. She had to tell me Rush Limbaugh has made this announcement. And it, it, I thought his statement that he made on his radio mm-hmm. show was really beautiful because he got all the hate that you would expect from the usual suspects so on the left. Horrible. Not just random accounts, but the blue check marks and yeah, the people yeah. who have been on CNN mm-hmm. s- saying really vile, awful things. And Rush had this amazing line in his statement. He said, "You know, I don't proselytize. I don't talk about it much. But but I've got a personal relationship with God, and I'm leaning on that personal relationship now a lot. But I have. It's very important to me, and it it actually gave me, as a listener, as a longtime Rush admirer, a lot of comfort because I thought, you know, no one here gets out alive. Rush Limbaugh has led a pioneering, unbelievable life. Everyone's rooting for him. Everybody's praying for him. But he has lived really a magnificent life." The people who need our prayers more are probably the ones who are cheering on this news on Twitter with the blue check marks who are saying vile, terrible things. They're the ones. Oh, shut up.
0: <laughs> I just, it's Is just, that the way you feel when I say something Gandhi-like? <laughs> it's, it's very, <laughs> oh, just oh, shut stop up. Stop it, Michael. I mean,
1: it really, it's just, because you don't see, when you listen to Rush, right, he talks about talent on loan from God, half his brain tied behind yeah. his back. But he, he said in the statement, he said, when I talk about myself it's satirical, yes. right? He's actually he's the guy who's just delivering the news, telling you the truth, and it's a it's it, it is there's a reason it was the top trend of news all day yesterday. I mean, he he is the man and
0: uh, and he is not that guy. Uh, he's he not is, he's not the big ego guy. He's not. He is shockingly I think almost unaware of how big he is.
2: You know what I'm talking about? It's hard to not know when the checks come in. Uh, <laughs> because, uh, no, but there's a difference between uh, checks
0: and uh, and just believing your own, uh, own hype. And I think he, he yeah. doesn't believe his own hype. And I don't think he, he questions any hype or any truth ab- about him.
1: And you know, the other thing is that these people are saying terrible things. Not, not one of them has ever listened to the Rush Limbaugh show yeah. not not one of them has listened to more than the 2 minute sound bites right. that some awful left wing operative sends out right. and if they listened maybe they would learn something right right so what is your how old are you i am 12 years old is what people tell yeah, me i am okay. 29 about to turn you're 30
0: 29 so what is your relationship with rush first i mean
1: rush is he i also have a personal relationship with god so i won't call him that high yeah, but yeah. he is definitely a lower deity or something yeah. I mean, he he's just the guy that you grow up with as he the is guy. he's the guy he is conservative broadcasting i mean i've, I've been a long time fan of yours since i was a kid as well and Mark Levin and other yeah, people, yeah. but Rush was the first. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. he was the man who invented the whole industry. Yeah. And so, to, the,
0: the idea—he's that- the guy who saved. I'm a radio guy. Right. He's the guy who saved the AM radio band. Right. If it, if if Rush Limbaugh. Just was removed from the scenario. There would be no AM radio anymore. Right, right. And so you wonder, as somebody who grew up, like I
1: I have not lived in a world (laughs) where Rush Limbaugh was not dominating Mm. the news, dominating conservative talk. The idea that that could be shaken,
2: it, it it it's impossible to believe. What were your thoughts yesterday, Stu? I mean, he, you know, Rush Limbaugh is at least partially responsible for me being a conservative. I mean, I, you know, yeah, I, I think too. I, I think... may have wound up that way. My, you know, parents were kind, but they weren't really political. Yeah, I don't know where I would have wound up, but I remember after high school listening to Rush, um, and you know, I just remember him having the answer for everything. All these things you'd hear on mainstream media and all of these arguments that you'd hear from the left, which I was barely acquainted with at the time. But every single time one of those would come up and you'd think it's like law and order, you know, when like the first attorney goes, you're like, oh, that guy definitely murdered him. And then the defense person goes, there's no way, waiver. It's all set up. You you go back and forth depending on what argument you're hearing. That's how you are in your formative years. And, you know, it wasn't like that with Rush because they never had answers for what he said.
0: You know, they never attempted. They didn't to even try it.
2: Yeah, and they ignored him to their own, uh, their own, uh, you know, demise massive and demise. And they they
0: talked badly about talk radio, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then they tried it, and none of them <laughs> yeah. could ever succeed. <laughs>
2: oh, remember those efforts? Yeah,
0: <laughs> those cute little efforts at left wing yeah. talk radio. Yeah, oh, it's, a, it's kind times. of like it's nice because it's kind of like they look at us like. Oh, look at that cute little Christian movie. (laughs) Oh, they're out there making another movie. Isn't that
1: neat? And, you know, the Great Testament, of course, the reason they hated him so much is he was just so damn effective.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you see that. I mean, this is conservative media does really well when it comes to open markets. As we just said, you know, Ted Cruz and Michael Knowles, the number one podcast in America with the verdict. I mean, like, when there is an open playing, open rules, free market you see, conservative stuff rises to the top often. It's when it's like right. the studio system, and it's a lot harder to get things made. But that is even turning around now with technology and capitalism. So he is also a, uh, you know, like I, I look at
0: uh, I look at Steve Jobs, and um, and I think here's a guy who got out of college because he knew. Rush is a guy who I don't know if he if he chose or just couldn't afford. I was a guy who couldn't afford college until I was 30. I had to pay for it myself. Um, and uh, Rush was also a disc jockey. And he's always hammered by the left for those two things. But those two things made him effective. He's a good entertainer. Mm-hmm. To be a disc jockey, at least in the old days... You had to be smart and you had to uh, be able to think on your feet and move quickly, um, which nobody in television has that. Mm-hmm. Nobody in, they can't teach that. The other thing is, is that because he wasn't taught what to think, he thinks
1: differently. Right. You know, there's this line we were talking about Gandhi-esque statements before. Yeah. There's this line from Chesterton said, the angels can fly because they can take themselves lightly. There's nothing dignified about boring your audience to death. Yeah. And you talk about the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. If you can uh, bring these ideas to life out of this rigid, desiccated university structure, that's a, that's a wonderful thing, and obviously it has a
0: major cultural impact. All right. Michael, is your podcast... Is it over now that the impeachment is over tomorrow? We are. Insisting on keeping
1: this thing going because it's just too much fun, and obviously the senator hates sleeping. So right. I guess we're are you to
0: living keep... here in Washington? Or are you tr- commuting back and forth every day that goes
1: by in my hotel? I, I start to wonder that question more and more. <laughs> yeah. we're going to be heading back to L.A. pretty soon, but, but we we would like to keep the show going uh, if we can. Obviously, the senator is a little busier than I am. Yeah, but right. it's uh, we we didn't expect it to have the impact it has. We didn't expect it to hit number one. So what
0: do you expect to uh, from the president? tonight is he going to say anything about impeachment if the vote had happened today
1: or yesterday it would have been the wildest state of the (laughs) union in american history but because of who president trump is it might
0: still be anyway yes 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 all right thank you so much thank you appreciate (laughs) it all right back in just a second uh stand by we have uh, Nigel Farage coming up in just a few minutes. I had dinner with Nigel last night. I was on a plane and I saw Louis Gomert and he said, "Hey, you should have dinner. You want to have dinner with Nigel Farage?" And I said, "Sure, okay." So <laughs> we sp- all the time. Yeah, we mm-hmm. spent uh, uh, a couple of hours and it was good because other people were buying him drinks. And I was just looking at it. Keep him flowing. I'm pumping him for information. Keep him flowing. Uh, But uh, he's still
2: alive after Brexit. I thought everyone was going to die. No,
0: no. And you know what? They they actually said at one point that people would die from and I'm not making this up. Super gonorrhea. If Brexit happened, super mega gonorrhea. It was just super gonorrhea, and uh, so far he does not have it. (laughs) Uh, At least that he would admit to last night. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk to Nigel Farage be in our studios here in Washington D.C. here in uh, in just a minute. Okay, we start with the count. We have a uh, we have a microphone. um, Thanks to the uh, Steve Dace program, who's going to be on um, immediately following this program on Blaze TV and radio. Um, we have a microphone now where they are actually going over the counts uh, in Iowa. Can we just open One, that up and see what's... Two, three, four, five, six, seven, yeah. eight, so. nine. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Yeah, so, so they're still counting. Mm. Uh, Those are all right. And what? Those are all right.
2: Right. And they they've got job. the experts in uh, to uh, <laughs> to do it. So uh, the, Iowa has uh, released a statement. Mm. This is a, from the Iowa Democratic Party. Yeah. It says it plans to re- release caucus results as soon as possible. Okay. I so had that's that great. one. I, mean, I, I had that one at 8 o'clock last night. I was night. worried that they were going to think, you know what? These are possible to release, but let's hold on to them for a while. Yeah. And yeah. no, yeah. as soon as possible. So is that
0: an urgent message from the Democrats? That's, a, that's uh, legitimately
2: a major announcement they just made. Right? They said they, they determined it was due to a coding issue in the reporting system. Ah, the issue was identified and fixed. Right. The application's reporting issue did not impact the ability of precinct chairs to report data accurately. It took longer than expected. They are admitting mm. now, which is, even if mm. I've never seen them be so transparent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, as part of our investigation, we determined that with certainty, the underlying data collected via the app was sound. So they say they have the right results. What they don't say is uh, what they are. <laughs> they they know they're right. They just don't know what they are. It doesn't make sense. It
0: really, I mean, uh, how, how do you... How do you say you have three systems? No, no, don't worry about it. There's no problem. We have three systems. We're taking photographs of everything uh-huh, and uh, we're counting and we're recording it by hand.
2: Mm-hmm. uh-huh. Oh, and we're doing the app. yeah well they, they one of the big things they decided, uh, and this has been something that's been spread around a lot of people who are experts on on these things mm-hmm. is uh, they when they put in the digital. Mm-hmm. voting systems to cure the hanging in Chad system mm-hmm. from back in the day and spent tons and tons of money. They put in these systems but then didn't have any sort of paper backup. So they would go and they would not know if votes were being changed in the digital process. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. So uh, this was supposed to solve that problem and now they can't even get us the results. It really is incredible. I mean, I, I, the incompetence... You know, I mean, they, When I were asking to run a country... And they can't get their stupid caucus right. It's incredible. Really, these are a bunch of people standing in a room where their main job is to tell us how many people voted for who. This is not a process that should take more than a few minutes in the year 2020. And what's crazy is the
0: the conspiracies are coming from the left. The conspiracies are coming from, Mm -hmm. look at see, they're throwing the election. Well, Wait, so then why would you want a m- even more powerful party or or uh uh government? You already know that people go corrupt. Yeah. Why would you remove all of the things that prevent corruption? Why would you add more people into it and 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 central plan everything when you can see the corruption that happens with people?
2: Yeah. I mean, why give them more power? We realize how this stuff works out. And it happens every single time with them. Uh, You know, the Obamacare website is a good example of this, too. I mean, how much money did they dump into that thing and they couldn't even get it started? Millions. I mean, it was a complete and utter disaster. And this happens over and over and over again. And what do they do? They come back and say, number one, the only way we can solve this is for you to give us more power. And then number two, without any irony at all. They explained to us that the system that they passed to fix health care now needs to be completely overturned because it's a piece of crap and everyone's dying. And you need to give us more power so we can do the new thing that we want to do that this time it's really going to work. So here's what's crazy about this is uh, it, they were, it was not like
0: they were overwhelmed by people. The Iowa Democratic Caucus failed to reach the record turnout levels of 2008 when President Obama soared to victory. Well, who was expecting that? Who was expecting that? Um, I mean, you know that no one is happy with any of the of the supporters. But it shows that it's not only that they're not happy with the candidates that are running. It shows that even the candidates that are running, they don't really have a passionate base.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, it's true. Uh, you know, it seems like... Uh... It's, it's all up to um, Bernie Sanders now is the one with the passion. It really is. He, by the way, they, they did that unreleased poll as well um, that did not come out in, in the Des Moines Register. I don't know yeah. if we talked about that, but it had Sanders at 22, Warren 18, Buttigieg 16, Biden 13. Biden is over. It does seem like it's uh, tanking at the moment. is over. I mean, he's still got a firewall in theory in in South Carolina, but he loses those th- first three states. That's not going to be a firewall anymore. He needs to do something. Well, it is a firewall. He's just on the wrong side
0: of it. (laughs) He's like, help,
2: let me in. I'm on fire.
0: Help, help. You're listening to Glenn Beck.